Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. We're going to continue doing that this morning as we continue our series in the Gospel of John. I don't know about you, but this has been really rewarding for me to be able to go through this entire gospel verse by verse as we've been realizing who Jesus is and now we will be finishing the end of chapter 6 this morning in the gospel according to John. At this time, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the freedom to gather this morning to worship you. Lord, I just pray that we allow your gospel to penetrate our hearts in a way that we allow your Holy Spirit to convict us of sin so we can repent and return back to you, Lord. But also, we want the gospel to penetrate our hearts so we can share the good news of salvation with those who do not know you. Raise us up as a church to do just that. We pray this in the name who makes all of this possible, Jesus Christ. Amen. By the end of 2023, the year that we just completed, there were over 1 million, I'm going to go ahead and repeat that, 1 million robots used to manufacture automobiles right here in the United States of America. It's not just the automotive industry that's replaced humans with robots, because let's face facts, When you see robots like this on an assembly line producing something, you realize that these robots took some jobs from some humans. But it's not just the automotive industry. Manufacturing as a whole has been employing more robots. See, the machines can work around the clock without breaks, unlike humans. They have little need for human intervention once they get programmed up and running, leading to greater productivity and efficiency. That's just in manufacturing. How about agriculture? Agriculture's utilized automated tractors, harvesters, irrigation. You don't see much of that here in South Florida, but where I'm from in north central Indiana, you will get a rain shower on some of the country roads by the irrigation that is automated. And trust me, It is not the kind of bath that you want your car to have because if you've just had your car washed and you get hit by a sprinkler system that's in a field, it is dirty water. It'll make your car dirty, but that's all automated and it has produced even greater yields as it comes to the harvest that feeds America. Transportation is no stranger to robotics as well and automation. It's had an influx of self-driving cars that we see nowadays with trucks as well, not to mention drones. Drones are starting to deliver goods and services, and they will therefore replace humans one day who deliver goods and services. Customer service as well has been automated. It's been reduced to AI and chatbots. Some of us have messed around with Chat GPT, we understand how that can work. This aids in customer inquiries and customer service requests, which is more faster, more productive, and consistent in the company's response. See what we're getting at here? Consistency, efficiency, but mainly consistency. Consistency in AI, consistency in robotics, 
cont consistency in anything that is automated. And we see this in the banking is industry as well, don't we? I remember some years ago, you would have to go to the bank and deal with a teller in order to deposit cash into your account or take cash out of your account, but that's not the case anymore. You can take cash itself physically to an ATM and deposit it right into your account. So this automated ATM is now replacing tellers. There's a reason why there's been such a move towards robotics. And we've already said something about consistency. That is the reason. But also, it's because machines are just that. They're not fickle. Machines are consistent. Whereas us humans, on the other hand, we're quite fickle, aren't we? We struggle to be consistent. In fact, we have a tendency to fight being inconsistent. Brothers and sisters, though Jesus is not asking us to be automated, Jesus is not asking us to be robotic, He is in fact asking us to be consistent with our faith. Something His early disciples struggled with. Something we struggle with right here in the Western church age as well. So I think as we've been going through this account, especially in chapter 6 of the Gospel of John, we've realized the inconsistency of those who were following Jesus, the many. But we can relate to that as well because we have a tendency in the modern church age, especially in the Western hemisphere, to be just as inconsistent. And this is something we're going to be encouraged in today. And it comes through our sermon, which is titled, Fickle Versus Faithful. Fickle Versus Faithful. As we've already stated, we're going to be in John chapter 6. Specifically this morning, we're looking at verses 66 through 71, but we cannot forget that last week Pastor Steve reminded us that becoming a true disciple begins with simple faith in Jesus. I love the gospel. I don't know about you. You should be loving the gospel as well. But one of the many things that I love about the gospel is this. The gospel is simple. The gospel is basic. The gospel is not rocket science. That's why that was a great encouragement last week, that becoming a true disciple begins with simple faith in Jesus. We were also encouraged in that a true disciple has what it takes to be the real thing. Pastor Steve gave us that illustration with Coca-Cola. The real thing. You should know an imitation. You should know a knockoff when you hear it. And that which we have today as being the real thing is faith in Jesus. It's not some formula that Coca-Cola uses. It's simple. Again, the real thing is simply having faith in Jesus. Today we'll witness the disciples of Jesus being reduced from a crowd of many down to only 12. Those who followed Jesus, the many that were reduced were actually fickle. And that's what we're going to see this morning. But those who were reduced to the small group of 12 were actually faithful. Well, 11, not 12, if you count Judas as being fickle as well. But let's go ahead and get into our text and see specifically what the Lord has for us today in John chapter 6, verses 66 through 71. As a result of this, many of his disciples left and would no longer walk with him. 
So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to leave also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have already believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I myself not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil? Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Amen. So as we look to put these verses into a simple sentence that comprises our main idea, it looks just like this. The fickle care more about their life now, whereas the faithful care more about their life to come. The fickle care more about their life now, whereas the faithful care more about their life to come. So as we begin right here in verse 66, it says, Many of his disciples left and would no longer walk with him. This is not because of what Jesus did. They rather enjoyed his miracles, as you remember. I mean, after all, who wouldn't turn down a free meal? I mean, they were fed for free. They had seen Jesus perform these miracles of healing. No, they, they did not leave due to his actions. In fact, the many that were fickle, they rather enjoyed what they saw Jesus doing. They didn't leave because of anything that they saw Jesus do. Which is why it is oxymoronic when you see anybody who wears a bracelet that says WWJD. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever concern us with what Jesus might have said or did in a particular situation because that's not what God's Word is all about. They didn't leave for that reason. See, they left not because of what Jesus was doing or did. They left because of what Jesus said. And we have to go back to what we covered last week in chapter 6, verse 56 through 58, and then verse 60, in order to clarify exactly what it is that Jesus said. These will be on the screen for you as I read. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, the one who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. So many of his disciples, when they heard this, and this is where we're getting this from, this statement is very unpleasant. Who can listen to it. See, it wasn't what Jesus did. It was what Jesus said. See, drinking blood or eating meat with blood within it was prohibited by Old Testament law, and they knew this. And this is why in verse 60 they said, this statement is very unpleasant. Who can listen to it? See, they wanted the miracles, but they didn't want the teaching. They didn't realize that the teaching actually was verified by the miracles themselves. That's the whole point to why they were 
missing and leading them to want to leave and no longer follow Jesus. And just recently, Pastor Steve walked us through this teaching. Jesus used the metaphor of drinking his blood and eating his flesh to emphasize the need to individually accept his sacrificial death for our sin. A fickle follower of Jesus only wants the miracles. A fickle follower of Jesus has no need to accept his sacrifice because a fickle follower of Jesus cannot perceive life beyond their life now. Because when they saw Jesus feeding them for free, when they saw Jesus performing these miracles, they looked at all of that and they said, this is what I can have now. But they couldn't look beyond their life now. Again, They did not leave due to his actions. They left because of what he said. They left because of his word. They wanted the miracles without the teaching, but didn't realize that the teaching was verified by those miracles. Now, let's go back to verse 66 through 69. And we recognize that the fickle disciples left because of what Jesus said. They left because of his word, which we've already established with brothers and sisters. His word is the biblical standard. It's just that simple. God's word is the biblical standard. Jesus is the word and he is the biblical standard. And when the Bible is preached in its context through consecutive exposition of each verse, the listener has one of three ways to respond. It's just that easy, just that simple. There's only one way out of three that an individual that hears the gospel can respond. Now, those three ways are as follows. And if you take notes, you can write these down. Either the listener can flat out reject the gospel. The listener can be fickle about what they're hearing about the gospel. Or the listener can be faithful about what they're hearing about the gospel. So it's either rejection, fickleness, or faithfulness that we're talking about here. And when they reject the gospel, what's really happening is the listener is denying their own sinfulness. They're saying things like, I don't need this message. I'm a pretty good person. I do more good than I do bad. Jesus' sacrifice and God's sovereignty, I don't need any of that. I am my own person and I can do it on my own. Now, those who respond in fickleness This is a faith that's temporary. It's a shallow faith. They're only allured by the attraction. This is the many who received the free meal from Jesus from the two small fish and five loaves of bread. These are those who watched him perform miracles and heal people. Their faith was fickle because it was shallow. They only wanted Jesus for what he could provide for them, for their life, right here, right now. Now, we see this today in Western culture as well. Those who are allured by the attraction. A lot of the seeker-sensitive churches are just that. Mimic the world, give them entertainment. We'll tell you a little bit about Jesus, or we'll mention Jesus just just so we can call it church, but really what we're doing is bringing you in here to give you a message for your life and your life now. That's not the gospel. There's no hope in that. 
Now, the third way in which somebody could respond is in faithfulness. And those who understand faithfulness understand something else that is extremely important. And also, this is the reason why the message was so unpleasant, so hard for the many to hear. See, those who respond in faithfulness understand repentance. They understand turning away from their sin and turning back towards God. As Jesus understood these three responses, he asked a question in verse 67 of his 12 remaining disciples. What does he ask? He says, do you do not want to leave also? And Simon Peter's response in verse 68 echoes all that we've already established. Either we refuse to follow or cease to follow due to his word. See, that's the rejection and that's the fickleness. Either you refuse to follow Jesus outright from the beginning because of God's word, or you are shallowing, or shallow-y, or however you would say that, or in your fickleness, you are following Jesus from a shallow perspective, from a shallow vantage point, but yet you cease to follow him because of what his word says, especially as it pertains to repentance. Or that third option in faithfulness, we can choose to follow Jesus because of what his word says. It's either of the three. Simon Peter responded, Lord, to whom shall we go? And this is very important because how does he follow that up? He asked Jesus, to whom shall we go? And the reason why he's asking this question is because how he follows it up. What does he say? You have the words of eternal life. Again, A fickle follower of Jesus has no need to accept his sacrifice because a fickle follower of Jesus cannot perceive life beyond their life now. Brothers and sisters, following Jesus isn't about our life now. Following Jesus is all about our life to come. Remember, the crowd that thought Jesus was some new Moses who was going to, you know, make manna rain down out of heaven like they did in the wilderness. That's what they wanted. They wanted a Jesus for right here, right now, the same crowd that wanted to crown him king of the moment, a temporary earthly king. But we know that Jesus is far beyond that. He's the creator, sustainer, king of the universe for all of eternity. He cannot be bound by time and space forever. They were only concerned with their temporal, material needs, whereas the 12 remaining disciples realized that Jesus, in His Word, led to eternal life. It's unfortunate that individuals forfeit their life to come for their life now. It's unfortunate that we've even witnessed that here at VG. You've witnessed people in your life. You are thinking of somebody right now that you know that is currently forfeiting their life to come for their life now. They're putting more of an emphasis on their life now and neglecting their life to come. I can say just here within our ministry, just recently I've had conversations with some of our leadership 
I can't put an exact number, but in the last year, maybe eight men who have said that they proclaim Jesus as their Lord and Savior and want to get baptized, and then when the river meets the road and we start going through the gospel, when we start talking about not what Jesus did, but what his word says, it's amazing how they start eliminating themselves from the equation. See, it's important to preach his word in its entire context. It's extremely important. Because when you do, Jesus is revealed, as it says right here, the Holy One of God. And you can only realize that Jesus is the Holy One of God if you preach God's Word in its entire context. And the Holy One of God has a righteous standard. And this is the reason why people eliminate themselves when it gets down to God's Word. Because God's Word always tells us to repent. God's Word always tells us to forfeit our sin and gain Jesus. See, that righteous standard is rooted in repentance, as we've mentioned. And the reason why it's rooted in repentance is because a holy, righteous God cannot be in a sinful relationship. This is why we drink His blood, as it says, and consume His flesh. We accept his sacrifice, which imputes his righteousness onto us. That's the gospel. That's why we can say it doesn't matter how good of a person we are. It doesn't matter if we think we've done more good than bad. It has nothing to do with that. Salvation is contingent with us receiving the righteousness of Christ. And the only way to receive the righteousness of Christ is to accept his word. And His Word tells us who He is. His Word tells us who we are without Him. And we talk about this all the time, but we have to talk about it because it is so important that we understand this if we want to understand the Gospel. We were born condemned. We are hell-deserving sinners. But the Gospel tells us that we're saved through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now, do you know why the fickle disciples said this right here? They said, this statement is very unpleasant. Who can listen to it as we covered that? And that came from last week. Do you, do you know why they said that? It, it's simple. We've already covered it. They said it because they were refusing to repent. Simply, they loved their sin of their life now more than the righteousness in their life to come. Robotics are replacing humans. We don't even trust ourselves. Think about that. We don't even trust ourselves to employ men and women anymore in manufacturing. You see it in agriculture, transportation, customer service, and banking. Why? Because humans are fickle. We're inconsistent. So if we have a tendency to be fickle, I think there's a question we should all be asking right now. We're being told that we're fickle naturally because of our sinfulness. So the question 
I'm asking as I'm looking at this text is this, what is it that I have to do or how is it that I can remain faithful? If I'm born into this fickle tendency, how can I remain faithful? Well, in order to realize how we can remain faithful, let's keep it simple. Let's look at Luke chapter 16, verse 10, where God's word tells us this. The one who is faithful in very little thing is also faithful in much. And the one who is unrighteous in a very little thing is also unrighteous in much. Brothers and sisters, by Luke's account, Jesus has given us the foundation of faithfulness. Right here, I think you could look at this verse and say, this is the foundation of our faithfulness and how we can remain faithful. See, the foundation of faithfulness is to treat the minuscule like you would the astronomical. The foundation of faithfulness is to treat the little things like you would the big things. When do fickle people talk about God the most? Not people who have rejected God. They're not going to talk about God at all. I'm talking about those who are fickle in their faith, those who are shallow in their faith. When do you see them talk about, or when do you hear them talk about God the most? When the big things are happening in their lives. Now, on the contrary, when does the faithful Christ follower talk about God the most? The faithful Christ follower will talk about God the most in the big things as well as the little things. The faithful live like tomorrow isn't guaranteed. The fickle live like it's life to its fullest extent. You know, the eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. However, the faithful live life knowing that the very lungs God put in you are dependent on the air that he has provided for those lungs to breathe. So when you pray, don't just pray for the big things. Pray for the minuscule, the mundane, the minor, as well as the major. And according to Hebrews 11.1, 1, if we're going to talk about faith, I'm going to go ahead and share this. This verse will not be on the screen, but it's simple and easy to understand. This is the definition of faith from the Bible. God's word tells us this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Our hope is the promise of eternal life secured through the person and work of Jesus given by God who is unseen. So whether it's major or minor, whether it's minuscule or the astronomical, as we faithfully walk with Christ, we Enjoy the journey because it leads to eternity. That's the whole point. Always forward thinking. The gospel is always futuristic. Not here, not now, but eternity. This is what the twelve understood that the many did not. Which is why Peter responded to Jesus by saying this. And you can go back to verse 66 to see this. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. Brothers and sisters, one, one application that, that you could take from that. For any of you who 
listen to preaching and teaching outside of what you hear right here at Villa's Grace, as well as what you hear here at Villa's Grace, always run everything through a simple filter of what is it that I'm hearing and how does it pertain to my life to come? Because if you're hearing preaching and teaching that has more to do with your life now than your life to come, then that's not the gospel. But if you're hearing preaching and teaching that talks about your life now as it pertains to your eternal life to come, that's the gospel because we are being prepared to be in a forever relationship with Jesus. You can look at the rest of your life as training. You're being trained to be in a relationship with Jesus for all of eternity. So as we move on to verses 70 through 71, it's quite clear from verse 70, Jesus foreshadows something to his disciples. And he foreshadows an example among them of one who's fickle. And that's what we're seeing as we close this out this morning. Judas, the fickle one, the son of Simon Iscariot. Now in verse 70, Jesus calls him a devil, which means slanderer. That's what it means. He's a slanderer. He's a devil. This clearly identifies the source behind fickle faith then. Our adversary himself, Satan. Anybody who rejects the gospel, anybody who's fickle about what they're hearing about the gospel, the source of their rejection and fickleness comes from our adversary himself. That doesn't give them an excuse to blame Satan. No. They have to take responsibility for their own sin. But we can't forget that this originated from Satan himself. Judas cared more for his life now than his life to come. He cared so much about his life now that he sold Jesus out for 30 measly pieces of silver. I don't think that got him very far. Even if any one of you were to receive $30,000 on your way out the door this morning, you should know that $30,000 is not going to get you very far. So as Joe comes up and we close out this morning, I just want to reiterate, there are only three ways to respond to God's word. Rejection, like the many who were following Jesus. They were following him because of what he did. Fickleness, like Judas Iscariot, they followed for a while because of what he did, but then discontinued to follow him continually. Faithfulness, like the remaining 11. And the difference between those who were fickle and faithful, those who were fickle only followed because of what they could receive now, but those who were faithful followed because of the fact that they knew that Jesus and Him only had the keys to eternity. The words, as Simon Peter said, of eternal life. So what's the difference between the three? Those who reject God's Word and those who are fickle about God's Word love their life more now than their life to come. It's just that easy. Whereas those who are faithful love their life to come more than they love their life now. Even this morning, Mike reminded us that we need to pick up our cross daily and follow Him. We sacrifice ourselves like Christ sacrificed Himself because we understand that eternity 
outweighs what we see right here, right now in our current reality. Brothers and sisters, how about you? Which do you love more? What is it? Do you love your life now or your life to come? And of that answer that you're answering yourself right now, what does that answer say about you? Does it say that you're fickle or does it say that you are faithful? And this is the reason why our main idea stated this this morning. The fickle care more about their life now, whereas the faithful care more about their life to come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, use us as a body of believers to share your good news of salvation. Lord, I pray that we can be an encouragement to each other in faithfulness, to be consistent in that pursuit. We pray that we are rooted in your word as we pursue that endeavor. We pray all of this in the name who makes it all possible, Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.